<laughs> what are we talking about? We were, you were talk, we were talking about um, your experience with the pit, and yes. then how Sondheim hates women. <laughs> and Don't quote that. <laughs> Thomas. Hey, Kevin. How you doing, man? I'm doing great. And hello, thank you for tuning into another episode of the Forest in Features. Mm-hmm. I'm Thomas, and I think we already said that. Yeah, we did, but that's fine. They, <laughs> hi, hi, Kevin. They need to know. They need to know. Our names have have a uh, you know by this value point, at this point. By this point, I feel like we only have the ten same regular people who uh, <laughs> listen in anyway. So um, that's okay. We still have international listeners, so still- we're doing pretty good. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> Did our international listener listen to the last one? I didn't even check. Yeah, well, we ha- we'll we'll look later. Um, <laughs> thank you so much for chilling out and hanging out with us on this podcast episode. We're here to talk about a really special show that some people might not have expected for the end to do because it is pretty massive. Yeah, it's a very big cast and a bit of an undertaking with it being Sondheim. But of course, uh, this show needs no introduction. But what they're doing. Yep, we're doing Into the Woods. We're here to talk about Into the Woods, one of Stephen Sondheim's uh, most praised and valued musicals of all time. Why don't you tell us a little bit, (laughs) Thomas, why don't you tell us a little bit about what uh, Into the Woods is about? Well, you know, I kind of already introduced this one. I I think very few people are not at least familiar with this musical, at least one song. It's one of those musicals that everyone kind of knows, you know, but... Mm -hmm. um, the show is uh, James Lapine and Stephen Sondheim take everyone's favorite storybook characters and bring them together for a timeless yet relevant piece, a rare modern classic. The Tony Award-winning book and score are both enchanting and touching. Yes. It's, <laughs> it's such a fun, interesting show because the first half of it is a very classic fairy tale. Oh, yeah. And then the second half... It's a little real. It's a little real. Um, And we have a few guests here to talk about this show. We're so excited to introduce them to you. Um, Well, actually, we'll let them introduce themselves because we don't want to do all the work. Not all the work. Not all the work. Um, So why don't we start with Aaron and uh, tell us who you are and what you're doing with the show. Hi, I'm Aaron LaFond, and I'm playing the baker's wife. Uh, hello, my name is Gavin Annette, and I play the baker. And I am Michael Sheeks, <clears throat> and I am directing the show. Yay, we got Michael Sheeks on the pod! <laughs> Sheeks in the house! <laughs> um, Michael, why don't we start uh, with you real quick, because uh, he's he's got a jet, he's got things to do. Um, but uh, can you tell us a little bit about your vision of Into the Woods? Like we said before, it's a big show, and our space is not a huge space. So, um, how how did you... How does get that the, work? Yeah, how does that work? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's tricky. Um, I've done the show before in a smaller... Well, not quite as small, but in a smaller uh, space. And um, and like most things that we do here that are, uh, that are larger in scope, perhaps, than the space uh, allows... Um, where things start to become more conceptual, which really works with this show because uh, while it opens both acts with very specific locations, for the most part, once that's done, 
you're in the woods and the woods are kind of uh, nondescript and uh, and they move not the woods necessarily that's a different play which we're doing in November but uh, <laughs> um, but the people who are moving within the woods find themselves in different locations that don't have to be um, expressed with realistic scenic elements so it's been um, it's been fun. We've got we got some moving pla- uh, moving flats, which is kind of an unusual thing for us. And you know, like everything we do here, the reason to do a show in this space is the intimacy of the experience. And I I, I mean, this is one of my favorite musicals. I love this musical. I love the way it kind of sets you up for the second act, mm-hmm. and um, you know, and reminds you that uh, that we all grow up and life gets complicated. And uh, and it's a play about grief, which doesn't sound very happy, happy, joy, joy. Um, but uh, but that anyway, it runs you through a lot of different emotions, and so being able to experience that in a space where the baker's wife and the baker are just you know ten, twelve feet away from you is kind of a cool thing. And when the princes come out and do their thing, and uh, you know, and it's all very dramatic, and it's right there. And so the 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 intimacy of it and uh, the fact that the audience gets to be almost a part of the woods is is a cool thing. The cast has worked hard, and you know, uh, um, Aaron and Gavin will talk about the score and the difficulty of the music. And we're using tracks instead of uh, a live because we don't have room for the orchestra for this show is quite large. We don't have room for it, so we're using tracks. And uh, and that Sondheim on tracks that's like on crack. That is not an easy thing. So we've uh, it's been a challenging, but we've got a really really strong ensemble there. They're knocking it out of the park. Thanks, Michael. Y'all have fun. Oh, we always do. <laughs> Thanks, Michael. <laughs> uh, so, Thomas, before we we let uh, Gavin and Aaron tell us a little bit more about their involvement, let's let's enlighten our audience about. Stephen Sondheim, because we're we're musical and theater people, so that name sparks joy and fear in us. But well, maybe sure. not some of our audience members. So let's talk about him. Well, I mean, he almost has no introduction in some way. People who don't even go to theater have heard of that name in a lot of capacity. I mean, the amount of different types of awards that he's accumulated with different types of shows and quality, etc. I mean. Eight Tony Awards, eight Grammy Awards, Pulitzer Prize, a Kennedy Center Honor, and a Presidential Medal of Freedom. I mean, the guy is very much an embodiment of his music in itself. And I think that's kind of a very, you know, that's a big tell as to, like, his overall quality. Right. Mm -hmm. And some people who have heard of the uh, Golden Age writing duo of Oscar Hammerstein and... and, um, Holy crap. We just talked about yeah. this. Yeah. <laughs> Richard, wait. Rogers. Rogers. Oh, my God. Thanks, Aaron. <laughs> we knew we had you on the podcast Richard for a Rogers reason. and Oscar Hammerstein. I feel like such a noob for getting that wrong. <laughs> um, but he was mentored by Oscar Hammerstein, which mm-hmm. is a pretty big deal. Mm-hmm. And he's written li- the lyrics for West Side Story and Gypsy which are staples of musical theater and the music and lyrics for shows like the funny thing happened on the way to the forum company, Sweeney Todd. And of course our 
into the woods. And I think something that you know says a lot about his shows is that revivals happen all the time on Broadway, and they do incredibly well because it's it's almost timeless in a lot of ways. You know, mm-hmm. um, we get to see Sweeney Todd in November, and I'm super excited to go yeah. see that. So. With Josh Robes, <laughs> <laughs> that's what his friends call him. Yeah, right. Josh Robes. <laughs> Josh Robes. Um, <laughs> Um, Sondheim passed away fairly recently, um, on November 26th, 2021, mm-hmm. um, and so his legacy is very much permeating the musical mm-hmm. theater scape right now, and as you might be able to tell just by the way Thomas and I were talking about it, Sondheim's a big undertaking, and he, yes. and he carries a lot of, not ba- baggage might not be the right word, but but a certain level of perfection and performance and Gavin and Aaron are two of his most recent victims. <laughs> <laughs> Does either of you really kind of want to talk about how this process has been different than maybe some of the other Sondheim shows you've done? Um, just when it comes to the type of challenge and the music that it is in itself, the scores are just, I assistant directed the show when the UW did it years and years and years ago. And I do remember the hardest part about doing this show was, finding a cast that had the caliber to be able to sing those songs so i guess to start uh i've i've actually experienced this show before uh back in 2015 i uh i was in the west seattle uh production with 12th night productions we did into the woods and at that time i played the uh princess steward so uh, i've already had one experience with this and i will say as far as like the score goes um kind of as michael mentioned earlier it is a very different experience when you are using uh canned or predetermined tracks as opposed to a live pit back in that production we had live music so it was a little more um fluid you were able to kind of communicate with the band a little bit more and they kind of followed your lead and vice versa with this it does present a a bit of a challenge as a as a performer because you kind of have to be on your toes um on your toes quite a bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, but then the challenge kind of presents some, some positive experiences as well. It, it kind of lets you, you know, kind of polish your chops a little bit. Sure. So. Um, I too have experience with this show and I want to say it might've also been 2015 across the country. Um, <laughs> in First into the woods. <laughs> I, I actually music directed this show. I did all the vocals and, my, this was my first time ever conducting a pit. Um, I have no band or orchestra experience. I have always just been a singer. So I thought it would be a good idea to start with this one. And that probably wasn't a, the best idea, but we made it. And um, and it was, it, I'd never realized, I mean, I knew it was a hard score, but like, my God, I there were portions of the show that I was, I was having a hard time counting and like the it was helping me like no it's one and two and whatever you know so um it's hard musically obviously um i don't know i want to say one of his most difficult shows for sure we were joking during the early vocal rehearsals on like how much he hates women <laughs> because Tell us about that Aaron. Well, let's like, talk about that hot take <laughs> Just I should say female vocalists. <laughs> yeah, that's better. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. And then because we were singing and it was like the women in the show, like, my God, Cinderella's got this crazy song and like 
nine eights and six eights and and like the rests are crazy all over the place and then you'd be like the witch who's got and the step family who has like these patter singings like and like no room to breathe and like i also experienced some of that in the show and then the guys come out and they're just like agony and just get like long notes and like ah, and we're like what the hell um, so he also kind of pushes pushes the female range oh yeah too. yeah the, the 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 male vocals in into the woods but also some of his other projects for me as a tenor and gavin's a tenor too don't necessarily push our range very much but then you've got songs like Last Midnight, oh where God, which she's pushes a, the witch into her belt. And, she's yeah. in the basement, and then she's like, ah! like on the top. It's wild. It's crazy. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I. <laughs> so that's. But what's kind of fun about this show? We were just discussing during the audition process, which is for this theater. I have never been through such a long audition process. This was like a three week process. Usually, it's like show up one or two days, and then you know by the next day. This time, we had to wait. Because I think he had to eliminate over 50% of the people that showed up. So mm-hmm. it really was, like, kind of cutthroat. Um, so being here is is a true, like, compliment. It's been fun. What we realized during the audition process was there's actually more female roles in this show than male roles, which, like, almost never happens, A. And B, as a woman who does music, community musical theater, like... It's always cutthroat for us, pretty much no matter what. And usually, usually, sometimes the men just kind of waltz in and get whatever. <laughs> but they were they were like head to head too. They have, there are only seven males, I think, seven mm-hmm, or eight sure. men in the yeah. show, and the rest are all. And this is cast at eighteen. The rest are women. So yeah, it That's is an interesting dynamic awesome. that um, a lot of the shows here. Uh, we have a lot of our kind of ensemble group that does a lot of the mm-hmm. shows here. But like a name like Into the Woods is going to drive attention from mm-hmm. range, you know, because people just want to come and do this show. We've had that happen with a couple other shows. Cabaret was another really good one. where We got a lot of new people in the building, which was mm-hmm. awesome. And a lot of new faces in this production, too, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But to, as established actors um, at established. Oh. Um, oh. Oh. what... What does it mean to you to be working with some of these new faces here? Like I said, it's a compliment to be here, truly. Um, I I know I never take anything for granted. I would never assume that because I have, quote, been doing things here for so long that I am in any way above someone else or I have a leg up because it's a clean slate. That's how I view it. So it's very humbling to do that and, like keeps you grounded too like there's other like when i got called back i was up against women i had never met so it was Mm -hmm. like oh my god (laughs) you know Mm -hmm. and then it's like scary but it's good it's it's good it keeps you like motivated and it's good for your like strength and and all that stuff yeah likewise i i also don't have that sense of i mean because i've done a few shows around here and even then i i still definitely have things to learn and so it's it's nice to see people coming from outside our community uh you know people as far as green bay or sheboygan or even further than that and i've always kind of seen the performing arts as uh like how do i put it without sounding kind of like, 
But um, <laughs> I've always seen the performing arts as kind of like like painting or sketching and stuff like that, where you need multiple different materials in order to make a truly vibrant work. And I mean, with Into the Woods, it's like trying to paint Monet or, you know, Picasso. Well, sometimes Picasso, it depends on the, <laughs> on the material. But with that, you need, you know, you can't paint with seven different colors. You have to have, you know, a wide palette. And it's so great to see all of these people that you've never met before and, and see what talent they can bring to the table and, uh, and just getting to meet all these different personalities. I feel like, you know, I've made many new friends throughout this experience. What's been really fun. And this is always fun for me when we get like a new actor, or a new crew is we do things so differently on the back end. Like we rehearse a very short amount of time, if you've never done a show out here, it's a completely different than most community theaters do it, where we rehearse a very short amount of time, and then we're, like, on. And it's just fun to watch the new people be like, we haven't even done this yet, and we haven't done that yet, and we haven't run the show, and we haven't done this, and it's like, you're fine. Like, <laughs> it's like you see that We're panic. always just like, welcome, welcome, this is how <laughs> like, we do things. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you, don't, you totally see the panic, and now it's we're coming to Tech Week, so it's like... We haven't done the show. And we don't have a costume. I'm like, who's doing our hair and what's happening? We're like, don't worry, the same, be fine. At the same time, though, you're like, do you, do do they see us as those those performers with like the thousand yard stare, smoking like three cigarettes? <laughs> Probably. Going, it's fine. We'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> this is nothing compared to the last one. I remember. <laughs> I remember the production of 2021. Oh, <laughs> We're still painting the door at six o'clock <laughs> opening night. We pulled an all-nighter during Absolutely. the fun dress rehearsal. <laughs> I mean, we, that's truly happened. Oh, yes. 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 oh, absolutely. We sure things happen, mm-hmm. whether we like it or not. Mm-hmm. The show must go all over the place. <laughs> so I think what's kind of cool about Into the Woods is that Sondheim kind of incorporated a lot of like the story, the uh, the fairy tales that we all kind of grew up on and took all these different characters with different aspects to tell the story. Um, I just think that's a really interesting thing for this show specifically because a lot of people can identify with some of these characters, whether it be Jack or um, other characters, Cinderella, etc. Um, I think what's cool too is he uses his music to kind of tell those stories. Mm-hmm. Uh, how has that experience been? David is an amazing um, vocal director and I mean I've known David Bowman forever he was my, when I student taught, I student taught in his classroom. I've known him so many, for so long. And I really respect him as a, as a professional. Um, and he's, what I love about his rehearsals is not only are they efficient, but he doesn't just say, here's your note, here's your note, put it together, okay, move on. It's like, why are you singing this? Like, he, like, truly also directs us. Like, no, don't, like... We need to add a crescendo here because that is what the flutes are doing. And that that symbolizes, you know, this and that. Like, he really paints the picture for the singers as to, like, why we're doing it and how we should do it versus just, like, here's your music and go. And, like, that's been really helpful and um, exciting. Like, it's exciting to go to vocal rehearsals where you're really having to think as an actor, not just a singer. Mm-hmm. Sure. I think my favorite part of this production has been kind of the emotional range of the music itself. And, and again, David has been very helpful in helping us access that, that sense of like, you know, here, this character is feeling a lot more intensity. And so therefore you should even hear that in the voice. It's, it's, it's been a nice challenge to blend that, 
the the acting and the vocal performance into you know kind of bringing that through to the audience and as far as Sondheim goes and how he composes and and writes his things what I love is he (laughs) with Sondheim though like Sondheim like writes the way we speak so like he puts the rhythms in place that are natural to the human like cadence and the the speaking and and the right emphasis on the right syllable so I was laughing when Michael was like we're gonna throw the music away and just focus on the words and I'm like okay but we're we're gonna be like speaking the words in pretty much in rhythm because that's how he writes it so Mm -hmm. that was a challenge too like but it was a fun challenge because when we take the music out and like parse the words out it's like oh i have a new meaning to this now so and that's just i think good writing and good mixed with good vision mixed with good direction yeah absolutely i i my favorite part of uh into the woods when i did it i did the same production as thomas and aaron was uh working Last midnight, or not last midnight. Well, last midnight was good because I just I didn't have to do anything. Uh, but <laughs> but uh, doing your fault, your fault. Um, yes. For for that uh, same reason that Aaron just said, how he writes in the way the cadence that we speak in, because I could I plunked out the notes, but you sing it so mm-hmm. fast that you're already talking in that cadence yeah. anyway. It's super smart writing. Yeah, when people think your fault's the most difficult song, it's actually. I mean, you know, as the music director from the last time, it's actually not because it is just so like it flows naturally. So it's really so like that's genius, but it sounds so difficult to the people watching. Yeah, I felt sound. Oh, go ahead. I was gonna say I honestly felt I feel like a lot of the witches' songs are the hardest because they are the most free form and the most flowing. Like "Stay with Me," I feel is so challenging because it you you don't sing with meter you sing with emotion and mm-hmm. i mean granted there is a, a set count within the music but it all comes from the heart and it's such a it, when it's when it's locked in just so it has this heartbreaking quality to it um and so i feel like that that's challenging because you're you're not necessarily counting with your mind and your ear you're counting with your heart and your emotions mm-hmm. at that point um mm-hmm. so i feel like that I feel like that. And I feel like Laura, who plays the witch, oh, she yeah. does such a good job with like, she uses like a different voice for when she's angry and a different voice for when she's heartbroken and a different voice for like when she's being, you know, conniving or whatever. And it's the quality of her tone is like, oh my God, like she does such a good job with that. And that's kind of what you have to do with Sondheim, especially because he puts you through so many emotions. Mm-hmm. Like you have to change the tone of your voice. It's not just, I'll sing it. You have to like, discover different parts of your voice that'll make that effective yeah i feel like that would be so hard with tracks like i can't imagine like if anyone slips on your fault not that they will because i'm sure you guys are going to crush it right but if they do it's like well what do you do now actually that train is moving Um, your fault your fault was actually one of the first numbers that we tackled um in rehearsals because michael straight up was like this has to be perfect we have to make this perfect you have to get it just right and so we ran (laughs) we we spent like half we spent half of a rehearsal just working on your fault and admittedly at first it was it was very intense um but once but again once we got into the rhythm of it then it did start to flow naturally and we anticipated the next person's kind of interjection and like aaron said it it feels like a 
well, in this case, I don't know about a normal conversation, but it has that regular, like, in that moment, for those of you who know the show, you know, like, everyone is starting to panic and starting to get frustrated and starting to build that intensity. And so you kind of fall into that that feeling and it kind of helps you along. Oh, all right, um, yeah, makes sense. Yeah. I think the hardest thing about the tracks for me is... So much of this music has safeties, which if you're not familiar with music, it's a, a measure or two that gets repeated, repeated, repeated until like the dialogue or the acting catches up with the orchestra. So, but the it sounds the same. It's like da 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 or whatever it might be. It's just repeating. You're like, where is it? Where is it? I don't know. And there's no conductor to be like, here we go right now. Like mm-hmm. that is so hard. Now, I'll be honest, I wanted to cry a bunch and speaking of the small space oh my god there are so many people back there if you've never seen our backstage here it is a hallway closet and in, in, again in diameter yes and fortunately for me i didn't have to be there but my god they were trying to cram like 16 people and some of the women have like you know the bustles like huge but and they're like we're never gonna fit here and like i'm just watching from the other side by myself like (laughs) thank god that's not me so they have to not only work it out on stage but now some of these entrances are being like choreographed so to speak backstage because they're like well i'm not gonna be able to get through if you're here so now i have to go around Ooh, lots of tension. And then if you realize that that entrance is not going to work, sometimes you do have to improvise and be like, I'm going through another door. And then you hear from the house, that wasn't right. So we're like, I'm like, I don't care. we know. We can't, literally can't get out. (laughs) There's too many people. We're doing the best we can. (laughs) We're trying. We're doing it live. Choreography everywhere. Yes. With no dancing. Intense. (laughs) (laughs) Can I ask what they're doing for Milky Chance? I don't know. Milky White? Not Milky Chance, Milky White. Milky Chance Milky is my Chance. band. Sorry, it's a band. Milky <laughs> White. Um, I'm wearing the shirt today, so it's That's in funny. passive aggressive. Um, no, uh, Milky White, what are they doing? They're, they're building one. We're building, building one. Milky. I've yet to see it. I don't know what it looks like. There's a special place in my heart for when Cole so did for, it for, for, his, for the listeners who don't know who Milky White is, it's, that's Jack's cow. The cow that he trades for magic beans and the cow can be done in a multitude of different ways like it could be a person dressed as a cow it could be a puppet it could be a a acting black draped in cowhide and whatever yeah so so we're getting a custom milky white of it. it looks pretty cool, at least from what I saw pictures of. Oh, cool. I haven't seen. I don't even know if they've started building it. Know, yeah. See, here we are, six days out. I don't. I've never seen the cow. That's <laughs> know, not unnatural here. I think what's kind of cool about Milky White in particular is the different things you can do and how you can add personality mm-hmm. to the to the to the. I mean, Milky White is a character, even even if it is just like a cut cardboard cutout or something like that. You add personality to even this, you know, this animal that shows up a few times throughout the show, but is pivotal to the narrative. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when we did it at UW, he was just on um, crutches. Uh, we had him in multiple <laughs> dances, and it was always Wait, just a great which thing Which was to not enjoy. the original plan. That's no, that was not the original so plan in any capacity. <laughs> he was going to be a puppeteer, but the guy who was doing it got so into it that he just started acting like a cow. And the director was like, we're not doing a puppet anymore. You are going to be the cow. You are embodying <laughs> the cow. And at one 
one point he was on like stilts, like bent mm-hmm. over, and then he got into the choreography, and it was he's the fu- and so I didn't fun. even put him in the <laughs> choreography. Just I, I just looked up one day, it. and there he was doing the choreography, oh, just right. dancing. It was <laughs> amazing. Like what? Yeah, with the crutches. Oh, my it was God. always one of my favorite parts at the end. <laughs> of that like he even did like a hop. It was just, yeah, it was a whole it thing. Was great. It was pretty great. <laughs> So speaking of characters, um, I, I want to turn turn uh, the lens back onto you, Aaron and Gavin. Um, the Into the Woods is is has been part of the musical canon um, for quite some time. It's a staple um, of performance for companies, actors, um, and a lot of like really heavy hitters have played your roles before. Um, namely Brian Darcy James and Sarah Bareilles just played them in the revival. And so you have all these big names, Chip Zine, Joanna Gleason, uh, Sutton Foster, Neil Patrick Harris. Like you have all of these, um, people to look up to and to be inspired by. Um, but at the same time, uh, you've, you might may or may not feel the need to make these characters your own, make them special to you. So, um, have you felt pressure to live up to any specific kind of performance, or um, to to make your performances unique in some way, or have you let all of these amazing people before you inspire you in some way? I feel very strongly that. Once I'm cast in something, or if I'm preparing for something I would like to hopefully be considered for, I don't watch, listen, look at anything else that anyone's ever done. I didn't even know Sutton Foster had played this role until I came across a random TikTok of, like, Into the Woods compilations. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, shit. Like, I didn't know she played the baker's (laughs) wife. I don't because for, for... kind of that very reason I don't want to be influenced by anybody else's interpretation I want it to be my interpretation and I don't want to feel like I have to deliver someone else's product because other people are expecting it and I think maybe for my part it's a little easier um people are they I feel like they're maybe a little less familiar with that role versus like the witch or you know, like Meryl Streep doing The Witch. Like, people remember that. I mean, with the movie coming out, it's it's a little different. Because, like, oh, yeah, like, those actors were in it. I'm like, yeah, but it's a whole different beast when it's a film versus... So I don't. I, um, at least not for this one. I've definitely <laughs> felt the pressure of Sutton Foster and other things, but <laughs> not in this one. So I, I just prefer to do it with my own brain and my own interpretation. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm kind of along the same vein, although I admittedly, I do like watching several different productions just kind of to see what worked and what didn't, because I'll have, ultimately, I I also like to go with my own interpretation of the character. I like to, um, I like to, I don't know if I want to say get method with it, but like, I like to find aspects of the character that I myself can connect with and bring my own experiences to the table. But I also like to see what people have tried beforehand that as a general rule kind of work, like uh, watching different productions of the Baker, as far as personality goes, it's nice to kind of tap into that and see what functions well with the script itself. Um, A lot of interpretations of this character 
uh, tend to be a little frantic, a little tense at times. Because, um, I mean, these characters are on a deadline. You know, at the top of the show, it says they have so long to get their wishes. And so obviously there's going to be a little bit of like, a hi, I have to get it now. I have to do it now. And so I think the baker, you know, across the board has been portrayed as a somewhat, I don't know about irritable, but he, he does get flustered um, and panicky. And so, I mean, if my character tends to fall into that same rhythm it works for the story. I don't want to have this language like, oh yeah, no guys, we're just going to hang out here, you know. This is uh, my interpretation. Yeah, this is, the, and I don't want to be the person <laughs> right. that's like, well, this is how I see the character. Because, um, you know, when something doesn't work, you know it doesn't work. And so, um, I do like to see other productions, but ultimately I fall back on, I'm going to I'm gonna do it the way it feels right to me. Um, I and, think, yes. Yeah, oh, and I was just saying, whether that, that matches other productions I feel is coincidental. Sure. Honestly, I think it's more intimidating and this applies to this show to do roles and shows that your friends have done before you. Oh, sure. That is way more intimidating because several people from the production I was involved with, I know will either come see it. They're not, they're not, most of them aren't even involved in this one. They, they're just not involved in it, but I know they'll come see it. And that's, that's more intimidating to me because sure. I'm like, oh God, what do they think? I don't know. It's like you're trying to set a standard. Yeah, like, wait, you didn't do it right. Yeah, like, yeah. what do you think you're doing it differently? I don't know. I'm not saying they, they think this, but like, mm-hmm. yeah. it's just a little more intimidating than like, well, I don't care what Joanne Gleason did. But like, when it's people you know and you're like, oh my God, it's weird. Although at the same time, it is kind of funny because um, there are several people kind of in our in our similar circles who have all done similar role, like have all done this show in like uh, in similar roles. Like right now um, you're watching someone that you played so many years ago and then you're talking to someone who's like, yeah, I also did that role. And so you start to create this like community where it's like, oh yeah, it's the Princess Steward Club. And then you start to like talk about how each of you interpreted this character and it helps to enlighten you in some ways, but at the end of the day, it, it is ultimately how you choose to take your own interpretation. Huh. All right. Well, let's close out this episode with one fun question. Okay. So, um, are you a witch's rap kind of girl or a last midnight kind of girl? Oh, last midnight. Yeah. That is that you get to show all your skill in that one. I'm not saying it's easy, but, like, I think anyone could do the Beans Beans with enough work. I think you gotta have a special, special skill to be a Last Midnight girl. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'd, I'd have to go with Last Midnight, too. Um, one, because of the, the amount of, of um, intensity you have to bring to it. But also, I feel like it's a fantastic, like venting mechanism because Mm. at the you know this is towards the end of the show and i feel like it's the witch finally going i'm done i'm done with all of you you can all deal with your own stuff i've had it Mm -hmm. and so it's kind of fun to have that catharsis sure um and you know having done a few other shows where the character of plate has gotten that opportunity to just go like ah and just freak out Mm -hmm. um i feel like that would be a lot more enjoyable yeah what about you thomas what kind of girl are you? Mm, I'm not a la- last midnight or a <laughs> beans girl. 
Are you an agony kind of girl? I'm an agony kind of girl. <laughs> okay. All right. I'm really looking forward to that. Yeah, that'll be fun. It's a hoot. Oh, it's always a hoot. I it's mean, ridiculous. It's so much fun watching the princes come Every on stage. Every day it's something new. Because they always come out at like 105%. And you're just like, wow, we're in rehearsal, guys. Chill out. And they really grasped that idea of, well, we're competitive brothers. They have really grabbed. Held on to that. <laughs> it's great. That's, that's it's a whole mood. <laughs> well, thank you both so much for yes, thank you. driving all over the world. <laughs> <laughs> that's an inside joke. You're not invited. <laughs> um, but I'm so excited to have people see the show and to see you guys in it. Mm-hmm. Speaking of which, Thomas, what are these dang shows? Well, uh, we have Friday, Saturday, and Sunday night perform- uh, performances all coming up within the next couple of weeks. I'm going to start by uh, announcing the Friday performances. They're going to be on September 8th, the 15th, the 22nd, and the 29th. The Friday performances oh, of September. I should probably mention what month it is. Thank you. Yes, uh, uh, September 8th, 15th, 22nd, and 29th. Um, the pre-show music in the pub open, um, starts at 6.15 to 7.15 with the show starting at 7.30. Now for the Saturday shows, those are going to be on September 9th, 16th, 23rd, and 30th. The pre-show music opens at 2.45 p.m. in the pub with the show starting at 4. And then we do have the Sunday matinees. They're going to be on September 10th, September 17th, the 24th, and then October 1st. Um, The pre-show music starting at 12.45 and the show starting at 2 o'clock. So we have... Like a month solid of runs for this yeah. show, which is yeah. really, really exciting for you guys. Four weekends. Are you going to get tired of it? Probably not. It's, it really is something different every time. I don't know. That's very cool. Yeah. It, yeah. it is fun to see what you discover in every performance. Yep. Sure. And I feel like the story teaches you something different every time you hear it or experience mm-hmm. it. Hell yeah. No one gets lost in the woods, guys. Yeah. No, they always come out. No yeah. one is alone. No one is alone. I don't know what melody that was. <laughs> <laughs> um, and with that. But 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 thank you all for listening and hanging out with us. Um, grab your tickets. Opening weekend is selling out pretty pretty well. Um, and then after that, make sure you, you bring your friends to the forest inn and get lost into the woods. Mm. See what I did there? I see what you did there. You're welcome. But make sure you don't get lost. No one gets lost in the woods. No. <laughs> All right, Kevin, let's end this. All right, bye, everybody. Bye, Kevin. <laughs> Thank you, guys. Oh, my God.